0: It is commitment day for a top Tennessee offensive line target, William Satterwhite. Will he choose Tennessee or Clemson? And is Tony V the portal king? That and a whole lot more here on a Friday, Locked on Balls.
1: You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey everybody, happy Friday and welcome into it. This is Locked On Vols and we're a part of Locked On Podcast Network. That is your team every single day. And this is your first listen. Can't thank you enough for making Locked On Vols your first stop each and every morning at underscore Kane or on Twitter at Locked On Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. That's where you can find the show each and every single day. Really appreciate you guys as always for uh, coming in here and supporting the show. We're going to have a whole lot of fun here on today's show. Uh, As I mentioned in the cold open, a top recruiting target, William Satterwhite, offensive lineman for, or target at least, for the University of Tennessee. He's going to be choosing between Tennessee and Clemson here on a Friday. Will he choose Tennessee? We'll discuss and, of course, we'll react uh, if that happens later on today. Um, Also, Tennessee baseball had a great, great day, to say the least, in the transfer portal on Thursday. reeling and commits from stud Billy Amick from Clemson and uh, designated hitter slash catcher dalton bargo from missouri is tony vitello the transfer portal king the answer is yes just like lane kiffin is essentially in football but also it's two different situations and you don't live by the transfer portal but tony vitello doing a great job there and then uh, lastly had a chance to catch up with jared dickey former tennessee outfielder i say former because he's about to be drafted here in the next couple of days and i'm going to play some of my conversation with jared dickey all that here on today's show. So William Satterwhite, again, a lot of you guys have probably heard that name. You follow Tennessee Recruiting. You know exactly who I'm talking about. This is just kind of previewing his announcement that's set to come up later today. He mentioned or he tweeted out uh, a couple days ago that he was going to make his commitment on July the 7th. That is today, and it's going to be between Tennessee and Clemson. Which shade of orange will he play, <laughs> essentially is what he's trying to say. And um, you know we'll see. I think Tennessee's in a decent spot heading into the day. I think it's been close. I think it's been really close. And um, I know is you know late up until you know Thursday night, <clears throat> excuse me, at points in times so I'm not sure if either staff was aware of what his decision is going to be. So, but I do think Tennessee's in a good spot. We'll see exactly what happens. But this has been a close one between Tennessee and Clemson for William Satterwhite. William Satterwhite, an interior offensive lineman, six foot three. 295 pounds. He is a four star, uh, ranked by the On Three Industry Rankings, the 210th prospect in the country, according to those rankings, 13th interior offensive lineman, and 7th from the state of Ohio, where he is from, Akron, Ohio. Um, It's been a Tennessee and a Clemson battle. He came to Tennessee for an official visit. I want to say the last, or maybe it was the next to last, I can't remember, one of those last two weekends, um, you know, he was here on campus for his official visit and uh you know he he i had a chance to catch up with him at the airport and he was talking about how he was feeling the love uh, here at tennessee how the coaching staff really wants him how he was bonding with the players and the coaches and, and and glenn ellerby and kind of figuring out kind of how he best fits in this offense if he were to commit to the university of tennessee and uh, we'll see if ultimately that official visit was good enough to get him here um, if he is to commit to the University of Tennessee, he'll join a class of uh, 15 commits already. He would be the 16th commit. Uh, currently, Tennessee enters the day ranked 14th nationally, according to the uh, football industry comparison comparison ratings over at On Three. Uh, Tennessee currently ranks sixth in the SEC. So uh, again, there's a lot of movement here. Uh, you know, this week and really just day to day because July is such a big month for announcements you know i was doing a morning radio i'm doing morning radio again this morning over at 99.1 d sports animal with john wilkerson and on thursday i said you know how april showers bring mayflowers well it's june official visitors bring july announcements and july commitments and that's kind of where we are in terms of the recruiting calendar and so we'll see ultimately if william Satterwhite's going to make his call and choose tennessee again i think tennessee has done all it can there. I think it's swung for the fence and I think they've done a pretty decent job to put themselves in position uh, to hopefully pick up this commit. So we will see, but it it's going to come down between Tennessee and Clemson. You know, those are essentially the two final, uh, the, the final ones left standing and uh, we'll see exactly what happens. Now, again, I mentioned that, you know, Tennessee's class and you want to get William Satterwhite. He is one of your top targets. You've been after him for a while and Uh, points and times throughout this calendar i thought that at least the last couple of months thought william satterwhite might go ahead and jump in the boats but ultimately he's been holding out for this decision date today um but he would if he's committing to the class he would join an offensive line group that's already got quite a few interior offensive linemen You got four star max anderson who's already a part of this class Uh, gage ginther who can play tackle but He might actually be a guard at this level, and they might have to kind of figure that out once he gets on campus, Uh, but he's listed as an offensive tackle, but he might be more of an interior guy. We'll have to see, and then Jesse Perry, who can play a little bit of both. Um, Offensive tackle has not really been a bright spot in terms of recruiting for Glenn Ellerby and for Tennessee the last couple of cycles. You got Sham Umarov last cycle, which is good. He was you know, one of the big four uh, that I kind of highlighted earlier this week. You did a good job there. Uh, but offensive tackle, regardless of what happens today with William Satterwhite, because he's more of an interior guy, I mean, you've really, really got to, you know, put pedal to the metal and find an off at the tackle. Uh, four-star off at the tackle, Bennett Warren. It's going to be, be between Tennessee and Texas a and I think he's close to announcing a decision. Um, thought that it might happen earlier this week, uh, potentially. But I, I think here in the next... You know days to weeks i think bennett warren could potentially make his call and is it going to be texas or tech excuse me is it going to be tennessee or texas a&m that is one that tennessee really really wants and that is one that tennessee is in pretty good standing with but really needs to do a good job of closing that one out um and of course you had ronan o'connell an in-state prospect earlier this week that Uh, went ahead and committed to clemson and and that's not great there's a lot of tennessee clemson battles here lately that's not great you never want an in-state prospect to go and of course tennessee coveted ronan o'connell and liked ronan o'connell and they were a finalist for ronan o'connell was tennessee or clemson um but if you get william satterwhite here today that kind of lessens that blow a little bit and it'd kind of be a trade-off in my opinion depending on which prospect you like the most but it's interior for interior so Ronald McConnell goes to Clemson. That happened earlier this week. We'll see about four-star offensive tackle Bennett Warren. Um, Again, Tennessee or Texas A&M. I think he'll make an announcement sometime soon, and Tennessee's right there. And then Tennessee did miss out on highly rated four-star Edge, one of the top players in the country, top 50 player in the country, Elijah rushing yesterday when he made his commitment to Arizona. Here's the deal with that one. I think that's going to be a long con game for Tennessee. I'm not saying that he'll end up in Tennessee's class, but I, I don't. You know, sometimes you get, you get these commits where you know you commit and that's great, but it's really never over until you sign. And that's the case for all these guys, really. But it's really never over until you sign that national letter of intent. And I can see, just my opinion, I can see Elijah Rushing kind of being in that fold. Tennessee's going to continue there. Tennessee's going to keep swinging, keep swinging. We'll see what Arizona looks like this fall understandably he has a brother that attends arizona and that's a big reason why he committed but tennessee's not going anywhere in that one we'll have to see you know if if it can continue to chip away chip away chip away maybe try to take a swing at a decommit later on in the fall and try to get him in this class so uh we will see but a big day coming up is tennessee is on commit watch for four star interior offensive lineman william satterwhite of Akron Ohio a four-star according to the on three industry rankings where he is considered a 210th overall prospect in the country 13th interior offensive lineman and seventh prospect out of the state of Ohio so commit watch there for football and uh, we'll get into who we'll get into some transfer portal commits to the University of Tennessee for baseball uh, that is coming up on the other side right here on locked on balls and I'll present to you a little question right here, and I want you to think about it while I'm doing this read. Tony Votello, is he the transfer portal king of college baseball? Do you want him to have that name? That and more coming up right here on Lockdown On Balls. But, hey, I want to remind you guys, you can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball over at FanDuel, and you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20, bucks and you'll, get, you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose. All can happen on the safe, secure, easy to use app, okay, where you get your pay where you get paid instantly for winning. It's great stuff over at FanDuel Sportsbook. 200 that you can spend betting on anything from the money line to the total, the over, the under, any prop bet you can possibly want first hit of the ball game, first strikeout, first double, first home run, whatever the case may be. You can get over, over at FanDuel Sportsbook where you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, its official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, guys, we welcome you back into your Friday edition of Locked On Vault, segment number two. Thanks so much for Uh, listening to us every single day making this your first listen every dayers appreciate you guys for being here as always all right we're going to talk some baseball here the rest of the show here in segments two and three um just so much going on You you got major league baseball draft coming up starting on sunday and we'll talk with jerry dickey about that here in just a moment but boy that transfer portal it is swirling and there's no team in america hotter than the tennessee volunteers in the transfer portal Tony Votello is on a roll right now. It started with former Clemson infielder Billy Amick committing to Tennessee at about 11 o'clock, 1045-ish, whatever the time was, on Thursday. That one, you felt good about it. So you, I mean, if you're Tennessee, you were feeling better about it uh, kind of in the early week, Tuesday going into Wednesday, um, because he was here on in, in Knoxville for a visit late last week, and then he left. And you had to survive a trip to Florida. You had to survive conversations from North Carolina, who had a late push, and conversations from Texas A&M before the dead period started on Monday. And Tennessee survived. And it was kind of one of those Monday. You're kind of in limbo, and then you get word a little bit. You hear some chatter that you know Tennessee still feels pretty good on Tuesday. And ultimately, he he goes ahead and commits to the University of Tennessee on Thursday. This is a big get. All right. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of evaluate and look at who all Tennessee has in the transfer portal so far here in a moment. But Billy Amick might be the biggest fish of this cycle for the University of Tennessee. He was a three-time All-American this past season for Clemson. Okay. He picked in, he he rolled in uh all American honors from Collegiate Baseball, the NCBWA, and perfect game. He led Auburn with a four Auburn, he led Clemson with a four-thirteen batting average, 17 doubles a 464 on base percentage, and a 772 slugging percentage. He was second on the team, second to Caden Grice, who was one of the best uh, players in the country this year, especially a two-way player. Uh, he was second on the squad with 13 home runs and 63 runs batted in on the season, only committing three errors defensively. Now, here's the thing. He only played 43 games on the season. I think there was an injury there uh, to where he missed a significant portion of the schedule early on. But he came back, and was really really good the second half of the season um but he didn't play the field an awful lot he long some innings at first base so Caden Grice if you remember if you watch that Tennessee Clemson game in the regional Caden Grice was the pitcher who was fantastic for Clemson when he's not pitching he's playing first base and so at least once every weekend Billy Amick started at first base because Caden Grice went on the mound and Grice logged a couple innings in the outfield as well. And so he'd see some time at first base, but primarily he was a club's designated hitter. He wanted an opportunity to play in the field. He can play third base. He can play first base. He actually came into college as a catcher, having catching experience, and he's wanting to play the field. This is also a unique situation because he's a legacy player. Um I believe his grandfather was on the board of trustees um, over at Clemson for a couple of decades. And um, I think his whole family, You know has clemson ties having been to the school or being big fans or whatever the case may be so it's kind of unique that he's leaving clemson and i think that clemson connection obviously and how strong it was is a reason why south carolina the home state school didn't get billy amick and of course tennessee survived the late push from north carolina some talks from Texas A&M, and Florida, really, as its biggest competition. So, Billy Amick's going to be good for Tennessee. He was really good against Tennessee in the regional. He was one for three against the Volunteers. Um, I say really good. It was just one game, and he had one hit. But still, uh, he did have a hit against Tennessee in that 6-5 to five thrilling 14-inning uh, victory over Clemson in the regional play. But you know, when when Caden Grice got taken off the mound in the ninth inning for Clemson, he went to first base, and Billy Amick had to leave the ball game. And it's unfortunate because... You know, he was in that type of situation a lot throughout the year. But still, I mean, stats don't lie, right? He had a very, very good year. So this was a big fish for Tennessee, a huge fish for Tennessee. And arguably, this can be the biggest addition out of the transfer portal for the volunteers. One of the um high one of the one of the biggest players in the transfer portal this cycle. And there were plenty of teams involved in this one. Uh, let's see what Tennessee's done already in the transfer portal cycle. And it, it's about done potentially. I mean, I'll get to some targets here in a moment, but I could get, I could potentially see one to two more. Maybe, um, I'm not going to even pretend to know kind of how those numbers work because the scholarships and baseball are divvied up and does not like football. But anyway, Tennessee started this whole run, which felt like months ago, but it was really about 10 days ago, almost two weeks ago with A.J. Causey, right-handed pitcher from Jacksonville State. He was a Friday night starter there this past season. He came out of the bullpen as a true freshman. Numbers are okay, but he kind of has a funky delivery there from the right side. Really a different look out of the Tennessee bullpen and also a guy that can start in a pinch. And so it was off to a really, really good start. That guy's uh, in the transfer portal, and that guy's pitching in the Cape Cod League right now, which is the top summer league baseball um, baseball league right now. So, So you have that. And then i'm just going to say with the pitchers you, you go to nate sneed and nobody can replace chase burns who left via the transfer portal i'm not going to sit here and act like ah good riddance you know better off without you and we can talk about that another day in terms of culture and clubhouse and all that but bottom line dude left the program he was going to leave the program for a long time stayed gave his all for tennessee and was a big reason why it not only got to omaha it won a game in omaha obviously But when you think about what Chase Burns brings to the table, hard-throwing right-hander from the Tennessee bullpen, that's going to be Nate Snead, who committed to Tennessee via the transfer portal about a week ago, about a week ago, um, from Wichita State. True freshman, hit triple digits several times this year, and he's going to be the hard-throwing righty out of the bullpen. So those are the two pitchers. That Tennessee gotten so far. We've mentioned Billy Amick, who committed yesterday. Uh, We'll go to Cannon Peebles next. Who, if it's not Billy Amick that's been the biggest addition out of the transfer portal, it's Cannon Peebles. Cannon Peebles, um, you know, fresh, an all, all freshman ACC guy. He started 36 games as the designated hitter, as a true freshman, caught nine games. He just wanted an opportunity to catch. Like Billy Amick, really, he wanted an opportunity. To play the field, you know, draft years coming up in a couple of years, and you want an opportunity to show what you have. And the guy in front of Cannon Peebles at NC State is only a sophomore, and he's playing with Drew Beam and some of these other and Christian Moore with Team USA right now. He's a really, really good player. So they had an established guy at backstop in front of him, and he wanted an opportunity to catch. And there's opportunity in Knoxville to catch, but. A really, really good hitter. Had double-digit home runs. I think he had 10 home runs, drove in 56 runs, uh, hitting from the right side. Really nice slugger. Only a freshman, coming off his true freshman season. And again, one of the biggest targets in the transfer portal this cycle. So if it's not Billy Amick that's been the biggest addition for Tony Votelo, it's probably Cannon Peebles. So you bring in Cannon Peebles as well. He committed to Tennessee about a week ago. Uh, Mitch and Billy Amick and Ryan Galaney, who committed Tennessee over the weekend, he's a bit of a different story. Okay, he was a four. He, he's played four years at Wofford. Coming, he's the the SoCom Player of the Year, the reigning SoCom Player of the Year. He um, really, really good corner infielder again. Uh, hits for a really, really good average. Combined for like thirty-five home runs in the past two seasons. I think he hit for three thirty-eight average this year. Really, really good player. He is in the he is going in the MLB draft, and he will decide based on where he is selected. Which he will probably he will likely be drafted at some point, and he'll decide whether he wants to pursue a professional career right now or come and take a victory lap with Tennessee. He's got a little bit of leverage now. Great fallback plan if you're Ryan Galaney because the team can say, okay, well, you're 23 years old. You played four years of of college ball. We're going to sign you. You know couple thousand dollars short of where we should sign you and if that's the case and he does not like it he'll come to tennessee and he'll go and, and try the professional route again next year so we'll see we got to watch the draft for that one big time but if he ends up in knoxville that is huge another huge addition right-handed bat in the middle of that lineup who can play corner infield and, and then the second edition <laughs> then the second edition on thursday this came in the early afternoon it's another catcher dalton bargo from missouri I uh, Didn't catch an awful lot for Missouri, was primarily a designated hitter, hit 280 as a true freshman, hitting from the left side, and I view this as added depth and competition behind the plate, of course, but also another lefted, uh, left-handed bat to throw into the mix as well, and so Tennessee got a whole lot better on Thursday, and this transfer portal class is good, and I can't wait for D1 baseball later on, they usually do it late summer, sometimes in the fall. To kind of rank the transfer the the transfers for the 2023 cycle, I remember last year Tennessee had Maui Ahuna up there in the top five. Griffin Merritt was up there, Andrew Lindsey was up there, or Zane Denton was up there, and, and Tennessee. All these guys are going to be ranked for Tennessee for sure, and so that's going to be you know really really cool to see. So uh, Tennessee's got a hell of a class so far, and it's not done. Huge targets on the horizon. Okay, so I mentioned Dalton Bargo. Uh, the catcher, of course, he went ahead and committed to Tennessee Thursday afternoon. And Tennessee is pursuing left-handed pitcher Liam Doyle, okay? He is the guy that started a little bit for Coastal Carolina this past season. They're pursuing him, but they are neck and neck with LSU for former Alabama right-handed pitcher Luke Holman. Uh, he's pitching currently with Team USA right now. He's hitting it up nicely, chopping it up nicely with Drew Beam. And if Tennessee is able to close on him... And you're talking about a guy that'd be either a Friday or Saturday night starter for you next year. That'd be huge. So it's already a great class. And Tony Vitello is doing a heck of a job. Again, he's still recruiting at a high level. He's still bringing in players and developing talent and all that. So I don't necessarily like to call him the portal king because I feel like Lane Kiffin lives off the portal. T- Tennessee's benefited from the portal. They're owning the portal right now. But if you, if, if you can close on Luke Holman, who I don't believe is close to a decision at current standing at the time of this recording... Um, he will be in Knoxville. He plans to be in Knoxville for a visit on July the 15th. It's going to between, be between Tennessee and LSU, as I've been told. And, uh, you know, right now he doesn't have a visit scheduled to LSU. That can always change. But if Tennessee can close on that one, boy, you're talking like a historic class here. Tony Vitello is doing a heck of a job, and I don't think Tennessee's done yet. So a huge day for Tennessee baseball in the transfer portal and we will have to see exactly how this class continues to finish. But so far, you've got six additions, and they are good. We'll have to watch Ryan Galenia for the MLB draft, but, man, uh, this the, the Thursday was a good day, and Tennessee baseball is rolling, that is for sure. A guy that will be drafted early next week in the Major League Baseball draft, former Tennessee outfielder, slugger, former catcher, whatever you want to call him, Jared Dickey. Had a chance to catch up with him. Going to play some audio here when we come back. Right here on Locked On Balls. <laughs> All right, guys and gals, we've got a final segment left here of this Friday edition of Locked On Balls. And of course, this is your final Locked On Balls of the week. We'll be back on Monday to recap everything that was over the weekend. If William Satterwhite does end up committing to Tennessee later today, we'll talk about it on Monday. And of course, everything else from over the weekend. Wanted to end this week with some baseball audio from Jared Dickey. Major League Baseball draft starts Sunday night, rounds one and two. Chase Dolan will be selected in the first round on Sunday night. And then from there, in rounds two, three, four, and then shortly thereafter, um, Jared Dickey, Maui Ahuna, uh, Seth Halverson, uh, some of the, Andrew Lindsay, some of those guys are going to be drafted, in my opinion, probably in the top you know, three, four, five rounds. And so uh, not only that, you know, there's, there's other draft eligible players for Tennessee that could be picked up later on. Also, some uh, commits coming into the University of Tennessee that Tennessee's really got to pay attention to, uh, to see if they want to pursue a professional route, depending on where they get drafted and how much they sign for or could sign for, or if they will come onto campus. So We're not going to know everything Monday morning or Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, but uh, we will at least know kind of where some of these guys are going and all that. Plus, got to keep an eye on Zane Denton as well. Uh, But one of those players, of course, that's going to hear his name called and see his life change forever, who will pursue a professional route. uh, That is outfielder Jared Dickey, second team all-conference player for Tennessee this year. He led the volunteers in average. He was Mr. Dependable. Uh, glue guy, if you will. You you knew exactly what you were getting from Jared Dickey. Had an opportunity to catch up with him yesterday. Going to write this and um, put it to VolQuest.com probably later today. But here's the audio portion, and I wanted to bring it here uh, to Locked On Balls first. Um, I asked Jared Dickey about some of the feedback that he's been getting. as Immediately after the season was over, he, Malyahuna, and I believe Andrew Lindsey, went out to the desert, went out to Arizona, and, and competed in the Major League Baseball Draft Combine, okay, and I asked him kind of what were some of the feedback that he was getting at that Combine. Here's what he had to say when I asked him that.
1: Man, there was a there was actually a lot of feedback that I got uh over there. Um, you know, some some teams really love me as a catcher. Some teams really love me as an outfielder. Some, I mean, and pretty much all the teams just love me as a bat. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, from right now, I've been hearing. We could we could go as early as late first round, and then I think the latest the latest that I've heard is like early third. So I'd say I'd say anywhere in between there.
0: That was former Tennessee slugger Jared Dickey on some of the feedback that he got at the MLB Draft Combine a couple weeks ago. I mean, these guys came back from Omaha and immediately hopped a plane and went out to the desert, and you know missed most of it because they were playing baseball in the College World Series, but. Still was able to get some workouts there. I'm going to ask him specifically about some of the feedback he got in terms of hitting. Because you heard him there. Some teams like him as an outfielder. Other teams like him as a catcher. But everybody likes his bat. What have they said about his bat? a, A little funny here to begin this one.
1: That's a funny topic because I think every single one of them actually told me that I have one of the most unconventional swings I've ever seen. They don't <laughs> understand how it works, but it does. <laughs> and, uh, so there was that, but I mean, they just—they really love the way that I, I have a very low swing and miss percentage. Uh, my strikeout percentage has always been very low. Um, they like how I battle whenever I get down in the count and finally get a pitch that uh, whenever I can handle it, I'm going to do damage with it. Um, they like that i hit for a little more power than i did uh the past year um they liked my fly ball percentages up uh, yeah just a lot of a lot of them are looking more into analytic sides of it now so uh i think i think that helps me a good bit this year as well
0: yeah i remember preparing for the 2023 season i was watching some film and and, and going back and, and looking at a lot from last year and jared dickey though he battled some injuries uh in the 2022 season so many of his hits were just Right up the middle, right up the middle, right up the middle. And and you're going to hear why um, that was his approach a lot of the times here in just a second. How did Jared Dickey improve as a hitter over the course of his three years at Tennessee, and why it wasn't great to begin with. But due to hard work, determination, good coaching from, obviously, Tony Vitello and his staff, but also a a, a big-time VFL, um, how he got to where he is in terms of the turning point Uh, in hitting and this is what uh, he had to say about that
1: wow um my freshman year i was i'm not gonna lie i was i was pretty awful i think i had i probably had like four or five hits in the fall and uh, a lot of it just stemmed from not really having an approach and not having uh you know good swing decisions uh because obviously when you're facing guys like chad dallas uh it's it's not very easy to hit so i think that summer I went to North Carolina and was working with Alan Cockrell, who was a uh, a former ball and was a the Yankees hitting coach for a while. Just working with him on developing the toe tap in my swing and uh, working on, you know, what my approach should be in certain counts. And uh, to be honest with you, we finally came up with it as hit the ball up the middle, and that should be the only thing that you're thinking about the entire time, no matter if it's O O O two. Uh, up in the count, down the count, advantage count, whatever it is, just think hit the ball at the middle because I mean my hands are good enough where I can get to a pitch that's inside. And if I see a pitch that's outside, then I'll just let it travel a little more. And I think uh, I think that was probably the biggest turning point for me uh, is just developing an approach.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's worked out well for him because you saw it during 2022. He was such a consistent hitter. He jumped all over the first pitch and was one of Tennessee's bright spots, and, of course, he, he had that injury. And coming back this year, he was just so steady. He was steady, Eddie, and he was such a good hitter, and you loved him in the leadoff spot because he got on base so much, but you also loved him hitting in the three-hole because you just knew he was going to make contact and put the ball in play. Very rarely did he make a, a bad out, if you will. I mean, sometimes you're going to, that's baseball, but he's just a smart hitter. So I found that really interesting, the process he went through, and – how he pretty much admitted, like, hey, I was really bad as a freshman and, and how he's gotten so much better. Also, you heard about that, but also yeah, how did Tennessee prepare him, this, this, or, this program, this coaching staff, this fan base, all that? How did Tennessee shape him into who he is now as he's about to start his professional journey?
1: I mean, I, I cannot say enough good words about this place and the entire staff, really. Um, they, they're really, really good people. They're really hard on you in the fall. Uh, but they're pushing you to reach the goal that everybody wants to reach. Um, you you can just tell by the demeanor of you know if it's if it's just as simple as Richard Jackson being in the bullpen with one of the pitchers, just helping him uh, do something. I mean, there's there's so many people in this program that want you to succeed, and it's it's pretty evident every single time you show up to the ballpark uh especially in practice you'll you'll just have you'll see so many guys getting help from so many people and uh yeah they're just always pushing you to be the best version of yourself and i think uh i think one of the biggest additions that they've got is q um just i mean awesome guy uh always going to be straight up with you and i think that's one of his biggest traits is he's never going to lie to you he's going to tell you the stuff that you don't want to hear so I think having him back has been
0: a huge for the program as well. Q being Quentin Everhart, who is the um, strength and conditioning coach for Tennessee baseball uh, has a major league baseball, you know, background, spent time with the Cubs, actually was here at Tennessee left for the Cubs and, and came back. And, you know, you always hear about Q and how he's uh, such a big part of who Tennessee is and, and what Tennessee's accomplished. So uh, some good stuff there. And then finally, uh, Asked Jared Dickey about this last season, right? I mean, what what a what a final hoorah here at Tennessee going to Omaha, and how they got better and changed the narrative of themselves, this team, from a five and ten team in conference play to an Omaha team. And here's what Jared Dickey had to say about that.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean the only way it would have ended better is if we won the whole thing. But yeah. uh, really, still, it was it was a very very rewarding season. Um, starting off five and ten the SEC and looking at each other in the locker room saying like, wow, we might not even make the sec tournament. Uh, and then going to Omaha, uh, you know, that, that was, that was a pretty special, pretty special run that we went on. And, uh, I, I made friends for life here. Um, I'll, I'll talk to these guys till the day I die. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of them will be in my wedding. Uh, I'm sure I'll be in a lot of their weddings. So, uh, yeah, I just made a lot of friends and, uh, man, it's gonna, it's gonna be tough to put on a different Jersey, but, uh, I know the time has
0: to come sometime. It's gonna to be tough to put on another jersey, but the time's got to come sometime. Well, it's coming up for Jared Dickey because uh, he will be drafted uh, at some point in the next couple of days, and uh, he could very well be playing baseball by the end of the week, right? Depending on where he's drafted, how quickly they can get everything processed and ship him off to Single A or High Advance or you know whatever the case may be. So. Uh, really looking forward to seeing where Jared Dickey is selected, how they plan to use him positional-wise, and obviously uh, following his journey. So I really appreciate him kind of talking with me and, and shedding some light on this process for him heading into the Major League Baseball draft. I will have a write-up of this, a story to go along with it, a story components over at VolQuest.com probably later today. If not, it'll be Saturday by noon, so uh, a little bit about that. Appreciate you guys as always. A really good time for Tennessee baseball right now. We're on commitment watch for William Satterwhite. We will see if Tennessee football can finish there, and of course, uh, inching ever so closer to the start of fall camp. SEC Media Days less than two weeks away for the University of Tennessee fall camp, starting on August the second, and of course, the home opener will be here before you know it. Before that, they play in Nashville against Virginia. It is right around the corner, and no better place to get ready for Tennessee football and everything else than right here at VaultQuest.com and as well as Locked On Vaults. When you have two jobs, sometimes you get a little intertwined. Locked On Vaults and, of course, quest. Appreciate you guys, as always. Shout out everydayers. Please rate me five-star. Leave me a positive review. Uh, subscribe to Locked On Vaults YouTube channel if you haven't already. Stay safe this weekend, and we will do it again tomorrow. This is Locked On Vaults.